0: Namo tasa bhagavato arahato sammha sambhutasa Namo tasa bhagavato arahato sammha sambhutasa Namo tasa bhagavato arahato sammha sambhutasa Udham dhammang sangham nasami So the various ways in which we um, value and what we call spiritual practice or cultivation is is a, a sense of truth, truthfulness and truth. And it's one of those virtues or values that I think everyone will recognize and feel whatever your other particular takes on, on... Uh, cultivation or development or what you want to do with your life or whatever so now being true it seems really universal and, and basic it's um... it's one of those words that one can kind of throw around like like love it's one of those four letter words that uh, <laughs> get you know carries a whole lot of different things in it uh, what exactly do we mean? <laughs> uh, there's obviously things like being truthful, like just actually, actually not telling deliberate lies. You know, when your mind is biased and it's uh, angling on something, your intention is crooked. You're manipulative. You know, you, you know. Then you realise you're not really going to be that honest. You might actually be deliberately lying or false or or exaggerating. Or only picking up certain elements of a picture and presenting those, and ignoring other elements. So you get the very propaganda and prejudices and things like that. So often this, this way we understand truth. It is kind of useful because it does recognise what isn't, what it feels like, what not truth feels like. <laughs> you can feel it's a kind of pushing and a pressure and a twisting, this biasing of the mind, and we've got something like. Telling deliberate lies, you know, or or falsehoods or exaggerations, you know, you know you, that you're bringing across an impression to another person or even to yourself. That is, it's got pressure in it. It's got twist in it. It's got bias in it. And uh, you start. So when you, you cultivate, you start to look into things like that. You know why the Buddha. You know, one of his basic instructions to his son, Rahula, was never, you should never tell a deliberate lie. You know, it's in such a simple piece, you know. But he says, you, you know, if you tell a deliberate lie, it's just like your wife is worthless, like an empty vessel. Even more strongly, another one of the scriptures, he says someone who tells a deliberate lie... There is no nothing, there is no evil they will not do. You know that is the mind actually pre- is prepared to and interested in and willing to bend and twist you know, and find, feels that's okay. You know. So if it's pre- if it's saying that's okay, there's a sense of well you know the things are so skewed that. You know, what will one not undertake under some circumstances or another? Mm -hmm. It's useful to bear this in mind rather than just um, verbal truths, the truth of the heart as we all recognize as like love itself and truth. These are things that people will kill each other for. And uh, you know hatred and resentment and and bigotry around such things. Mm-hmm. So we we've missed the point that that the truth is really this quality of an unbiased heart heart not under pressure. And as we you as we cultivate this, we realise we need to cultivate this this mind, this heart, so you know what Pressure is, you know what biasing is, and you know how to come out of it. And really, this is um, in essence what the Buddha taught just this uh, and his great realization where there are certain very powerful and fundamental biases called asavar outflows that continually pressurize and angle us and get us going. And and all he realised was that through really owning up to the stress and the unsatisfactoriness of these, he's not really taking one to any final comfortable place. He was able to give them up, you know? and they say, "Well, and then what?" <laughs> you know. So then you say he arrived at truth, but what is that, you know? It's not a verbal experience, an experience of of um where there's complete peace because the mind is not biased or pressurized. It's it's in virtue, it lives in virtue because it has no um aversion, no hatred, no greed, no no selfishness. It's peaceful, it's virtuous, it's truthful. And we might also say there's a kind of beauty to it. You know, mind is fresh and bright. Because it's not running on these programs, these drives. Biases have drives in them. You know, we want to make something happen, we want to get something going, we want to become something else, we want to, you know, get our own way. We want to, you know, and some of the, these kinds of biases, drives, fear, anxiety, um, hunger, and um, recognizing that some of these are so basic that they're not—we're not, not really—don't have much control over them. You can't say, "Don't feel anxious," or like, "Snap out of it." Not these are not deliberate. Like, we can stop lying. We can arrive at that level of truthfulness, but the real deepening of truthfulness is. Is when the heart is not biased with with anxiety, fear, worry, um, craving. You know things of this nature, which are not deliberate, but they are also they are involuntary biases. So there is a cultivation. It starts off when you're recognizing the experience of bias, the experience of the heart being under pressure, being driven. And you start to give up what you you know you can give it up. Because you've got some choice in it. And to make those choices. And that gives you the sense of confidence that enables one to penetrate, to find a balance and to penetrate these more involuntary levels of it. Mm -hmm. And it's important to to (coughs) recognize... uh, you know, as long as the, the the sense of truth is just this un undriven, unbiased, unprogrammed mind, because then the truth is also kind of fresh, isn't it? It's like you surprise yourself. And how much of our of our sort of driven sense is like the wheels are rolling, we're going through our stuff again, we're going through our program again, we're going through our being me again, we're going through our um, what we think we need, what we think we can't do, what we think we've got to do. Mm-hmm. And how much of daily cultivation, just checking into the driven sense. Mm-hmm. Sometimes this oh, is I've, I've got to do, I've got to, make, got to make sure I've got to work. Wait a minute. <laughs> You know, just taking those times to step back from the desktop when the nose is on the you know ground in the desktop, you don't actually step back and what are we doing? Um, When busyness becomes a program that we feel is something, this feeling that it's being useful, it's being it's being responsible. It's doing what's necessary. It's pulling your weight. It's making things work. It's getting ahead. It's not wasting your time. You know, it's whatever it is, you know, I'm gonna just keep being busy because it's, well, you know, you've got to do it, haven't you? You know, how much of one's, these kind of habits can keep going because like any kind of, there's got a rut quality to them, you just, they, can't, they roll out easy. They roll out easy and you end up just doing them because, because one has always followed that, 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 that message. And some of these are gross programs like that, and yet one can fall into them without just checking. Is this true? Little little thought exercise that it's good to put on, or, you know, when you're just having this time to to recollect what you're doing. Is this true? You know, those 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 statements, those murmurings, those those things that push your buttons, those things that you know tell you the signals that start flashing up. Is it true? And then, like, how do you know it's true? Because, of course, it says it's true. Yes, it's true. It's important. Everybody else is doing this. You can't sit around here. You know, how do you know it's true? How would you know anything is true? If you just said, that's just the voice in your mind, how do you know it's true? Hmm? what would make you feel true what would make you feel authentic like this is really yours there's a sense of true is also being in true which is more like balance isn't it when you're in true you're not skewed wouldn't it be a feeling no no of feeling deep in in true, hmm? what would it be like? You know, if that particular program that one is running that I've got to do this, got to be this, I've always done that. People wouldn't like me if I didn't do this. You know, what would happen? Just imagine what would happen if it wasn't there. If you, were, if you weren't doing that, what would it be like? Uh, uh, oh, uh, oh, that'd be rather nice, actually. <laughs> kind of suddenly, oof, a bit of relief. Uh, and then could you just sort of let yourself play with that possibility, see which feels more true, and surprise yourself, surprise yourself. There's ways one can do I personally I you know, my programs I tend to get into doing lots of things, kind of work program you know, it helps me feel sort of there's some fun funny sense of feeling connected because one is doing something there's checking that yeah. because yeah you are but then there's a deeper sense of connection which is not driven which is just happening all the time without me making it happen yeah. So sometimes the underlying kind of um, motivation has a value in it but perhaps the way we're going about it doesn't isn't necessary mm. like you want to feel settled and comfortable and um, you know in true with where you are okay with other people do you need to keep doing something to make that happen or maybe couldn't you just See what happens if you just stop doing that. And perhaps you find out that you're okay, and you're doing enough, and you're fine here. It's particularly, I mean, in my own experience living in communities, there's a kind of, in my mind, uh, you know, that, that sense of wanting to make sure you're doing enough. So that you, you're, you're being worthwhile okay worthwhile member pulling your weight doing being responsible, doing enough, not letting the side down mm-hmm. and uh, so doing enough, not letting the side down we I mean, quite um, miserable and um, alienated person <laughs> <laughs> and you know, people so sort of stop doing things and suddenly you fit in. Because <laughs> you come out of a program and uh, there's a sense of what a gift it is to realise that actually, you know, there's something about wonderful about human beings that we have a natural quality of warmth and uh, care and interest in each other. That sometimes our desires to make ourselves acceptable get in the way you know, you're so kind of blinkered by one's own stuff that you don't actually open up and allow yourself to be seen and uh, accepted as you are Mm -hmm. I think this is one of those things that happens in you know, in our social groups, isn't it? Work ethic. So there's work which is about kind of working for money but also the work of making oneself okay to other people. And maybe the best way to do that is just to start to come out of one's biases and programs and find out the people who are okay with you like that those are the people you want to be with. People who don't are not okay with that. <laughs> don't bother. <laughs> yeah. so you, you know, because what's the point of being with people who you've got to kind of continually be inauthentic un- with in order to somehow, you know, be accepted? Yeah. All well, this is one of those, um, this bias called the bias of becoming, wanting to form, wanting to come into some identity, wanting to come into some, you know, definable thing, personality form. I was always kind of trying to tidy it up, make it okay, be polite, be reasonable, be on time, be this, be that. And, uh, you know... How much of it is true? And then, isn't there something that comes up when one is more authentic? That means because we're coming from a place of balance, sensitivity, respect, friendship, and so forth, just kind of natural qualities that we find out that we are actually kind of um, gentle in a demeanor interested non-forceful concerned for others' welfare you don't have to keep doing it or worrying about it one of those um, a clearing of the biases always revolves around you know, certain fundamental practices. One is letting go. Letting go, you know, daring to put aside a habit. You know, check a habit, question a habit, question a need, question a... something we do customarily, question our programs. Yeah. You know, and the other is to, to deepen and continually bring up and bring into form one's values. Bring into form, express, live the truth, live your honesty, live, be prepared to really live fully one's compassion and well and kindness. Hmm? You know, to, to form it, to let it take form. Uh, so the, the the sense of the truth is then something that's integrated and and lived. And you start to see what is it that stops me, checks me from being um, compassionate? What is it that checks me from being compassionate? Because I'm I'm nervous, or I don't think I can, or I think I've got to do you know, am uh, not. Um, got time or it doesn't matter. It doesn't count, you know? Is that true? How does it feel when you hold that? What would it be like if you let that let go of that and said your your kindness, your compassion, your honesty is very deeply appreciated absolutely, absolutely necessary mm-hmm. most important thing what would that be like which do you want to go for which makes you resonate which makes you feel you're standing in true like it really rings for you which gives you your life which gives you your fullness which says you know this is your strength Hmm? surprise yourself <coughs> become, be grand let yourself be grand I think one of the um, resources certainly in this monastery that we have is the ability to to um, Live with nature, which is, I think, a, something that is a serious loss for many people. Really? Because it, it'll it be fine if you're living in a city full of enlightened beings. But when you're living in a city of people who are kind of driven, and not so evil, but kind of driven, anxious, nervous, uptight, busy, then. You, you sort of naturally start to get in the swing of it and uh, you know even even in, a, even in a monastery you know we kind of carry these these programs and we're getting these kind of messages of getting you know and then you sort of you get a chance to go out into the woods and they just don't buy that they just don't buy it for a moment. You can almost, we shoot, so you just walk into those woods and you see that lake and it just goes poof. Mm. And nothing's busy. I mean, things are alive, things are moving, things are happening, squirrels are running around, but nothing's got that kind of, uh, you know, that, that strange electric, jagged quality the driven human has. <laughs> And things are kind of not tidy and not fair. And uh, some things are dying. Some things are dead. Some things are a mess. New things are growing. Things are twisted up. And yet everything is just kind of really being truthful (laughs) in its own way. As true as nature can be. And sometimes it's like just having being with that and letting your something in your nervous system, pick up that, uh, means we at least, I mean I'm not saying we're going to live like trees, but at least it gives you that sense of coming out of that hyper state and some way in which you you kind of bottom out. That's what I find kind of happens. You just drop. And in some ways it's just beautiful to sense yourself just as a kind of like a, like an animal creature that breathes and listens and is alive and you know just at that level I mean this is not all but when you kind of hit that then you kind of hit the truth of the body and based upon the truth of the body when you enter into the truth of the body then you begin to sense the truth of the heart Hmm. You know? and this in a way is what we do in meditation you know, kind of on a more refined level if you can do that as you enter the truth of the body so the, is the first foundation is, is you're sitting here feeling the structures of the body feeling the rhythms of the body which are nature you're breathing in, breathing out no breath is more important than any of the next breath you can't have the next breath in until you've had that breath out no matter how important it is You've got to breathe out first. It just doesn't... You can't take, you know... (laughs) So that sense of, you know, you've got to have the rising and the falling. You've got to have that rhythmic quality. And just sitting in that and tuning into that is something in you, you... Generally for me, there's a kind of... a dropping to something where I suddenly feel a bit more sensible. Even if my thinking is stupid or goes flat you know energy shifts but I trust it I trust that drop Uh, and then just kind of feeling into that and not really trying to make anything more happen but for me by and large you know what will tend to happen is there's a kind of a, a truth of energy a truth of balance that begins to happen where, you know, the twitterings of my thoughts are just like the bats passing down the corridor and you don't, you know, you, just, you, know, you go your way, you know, just <laughs> good luck. <laughs> 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 you know, you don't, you don't actually, you're not actually doing that. It's still running. Maybe it's still running. Sometimes it stops. Sometimes it's still running. But you're not know, actually following those, trying to tidy them up, you know, because you've got a better, better bit of truth to, to live in, that way you feel more real and more whole. And then it's the ones that actually match that or meet that, the thoughts or the inclinations that rest in there, that come from that, that the ones I think I really trust. And so something really surprise me. Well, they're often um, just senses of gratitude, um, warm-heartedness um, sometimes a feeling really need to stop you know forgive something or stop doing something or let go of something little kind of admonishments or reminders they're actually really helpful it puts me in true again mm-hmm. and it's that sense of how it's a kind of surprise like waking up, the most obvious thing we do every day, yet really when you wake up, the worst moment to me is always a, oh, <laughs> it's a surprise. <laughs> there you whether it was in my dream, you know, chasing penguins or whatever one does in one's dreams. And then suddenly, oh, that first moment, which I really love that moment, because I don't know who I am at that moment. I haven't got my program ready. I haven't got my my clipboard and my spreadsheet going. It's just that moment of, oh, oh i to linger there and then just go to the breathing. So I try to train myself. The first, almost like an instinct, the first thing is maybe just to hold the breath back so as I can feel it more fully. You know, tune into the very, you know, get the first program really established body breathing before I go into the what I can do today stuff. Mm. It's just like three minutes. You know, two minutes. Twenty breaths, you know, something like that. So that just right there. we are not looking at spending hours in meditation. everybody can do that. But you can get three minutes or at least you kind of first hit the tuning fork right. so you've got some one has some kind of fundamental reference to a sense of wholeness, unity non-compulsive something that happens by itself before we start mounting the what we're going to do about our life on top of it I think we all owe it to ourselves There is such a thing as climbing the wrong mountain, you know. (laughs) You know, all the gear, all the equipment, all the know-how, all the effort, all the commitment. Wrong mountain. (laughs) Perhaps it wasn't a mountain, perhaps it was a lake you are supposed to be moving across, you know. Yeah. And in those times, just being when you got the sense of uh, you know the, the truth of the body, rhythmic. Come, breathe in, breathe out. Gets tired, gets hungry. Feels full, feels hungry. Feels um, you know it goes through rhythms, doesn't it? it changes. It's going kind to of hit that, and then you just keep with that, and then you realize that just by itself, you know, without really having to push too hard, you find that these moments or times when it's just, right, enough now. You're just coming from a kind of a push or doing something and you come into the slight sense of over the top of that and resting, and then it's the time to have that when you question, where are you going? It's like little traffic lights in the day. Where are you going? <laughs> do you need to do this? Do you, you know? And uh, owing it to yourself. Mm-hmm. So, it, I, to me, there's always, you know, one of the beauties of having, by this very form, practice some renunciations. It's a heavy word, but it means that you we have more choice, really without renunciation you know, with renunciation offers the choice of well I could also not do it or I could not have it and that would be ok too you know? with no renunciation you've got to have a green one or a blue one which should I have, blue one or a green one should I have a sweet one or a sour one, a hot one or a cool one renunciation you can also go <coughs> I could not have it at all. That would be okay as well. <laughs> it doesn't mean you you're gonna not have it, but at least you know that. You know you don't you're not continue needing to lean on things to keep going, you know? yeah. Well, Or to what degree do you need to lean on things and what do you keep going with it? We need to lean on the body needs to lean on something. But the beauty that the Buddha found was there is a possibility the mind, the heart, might not have to lean on anything. And wouldn't, isn't that wonderful? That was what he felt was his deepest truth. And we said, okay, you know, the body's gonna lean on a few things. What does the mind lean on? Where where do those kind of little twitches come from? How do they get built into they? they, they, they want, they want, they should, they want me to, do they? Who, who? When do they get built into it must? It must? Who's that? How we kind of, you know, abstract And check it out is that true what does it feel like what does it feel like to be in that in that truth what would it be like without that hmm? which way do you want to which way do you want to go surprise yourself. He will